Chi Chat by Chi Chart. It's Chi Chat by Chi Chart. Hi, I'm your host Mel and we're here with Grant and Lisa today and Jeff Shearer from Evolve Natural Medicine. Now, he travelled for three and a half years doing all sorts of different jobs. Then Jeff decided it was time to get serious and choose a career. Oh, no. What a shame. (laughs) Travel sounds a lot more fun. The question was, what did he want from a job? The answer to feel like he had done something worthwhile at the end of the day. Something that had a real impact. He is now a Chinese medicine practitioner who has been in practice since 1995. Incorporating a range of modalities over the years, including acupuncture, massage, Chinese herbs, diet, meditation, qigong, and Chinese martial arts, he's found a well-rounded approach to treating a wide range of disease states. By incorporating multiple elements helps to create a more powerful, holistic and sustainable approach to healing, recovery and ultimately balance. Through research and clinical observation, Jeff has discovered strong correlations between Eastern and Western medical ideas. He also gets home at the end of the day knowing he's made the right choice. Jeff, thank you so much for joining Chi Chat. That's a cool bio. Well, I've, yeah, I've actually 100%. brought Jeff on today, so I I will take credit. Thank you, Jeff, because Jeff's been trading me. <laughs> Jeff's been hey, trading me. I didn't realise this podcast was about ego, <laughs> but about uh, we'll put me. that in the title. No, it's about me. <laughs> Jeff knows this. <laughs> no, yeah, because you've got no you. ego. I totally need you. Um, Only people with ego are allowed to stay, so Gran and I will stay. <laughs> no, you've been treating me now for, I don't know, it must be over a month or, or more, and I've just gone on the herbs as well, and... I was in there yesterday, funny enough, and I said to Jeff, you know, I'm, I'm just starting to feel better, you know, and I mentioned something else. He said, oh, so you don't think the herbs have got anything to do with it? And then it was just like, oh, true. <laughs> so definitely. Yeah, um, and I know because Lisa's been really struggling and she's uh-huh. spoken to me like uh, very personally about it. Actually, I call Lisa and we speak about the most personal things together all the time. But yeah, and it's so good to hear that because you were, you know, really concerned over it and you were trying everything I was very unbalanced yeah um, on a physical level and yeah. of course that actually affects your emotional and of your course. mental state as well yeah so the fatigue was you know knocking me around and then I went and had the AstraZeneca vaccine yeah <laughs> and poor Jeff Jeff was very kind to me so it was very oh. much appreciated gave he said you have to come in again I'll just give you a freebie which I thought was wow. just so, so, so you were nice. you were a new patient with Jeff is that right yes. so Jeff what what would you do when somebody comes in like Lisa for the first time and clearly she was flat how would you approach a new patient great question Grant not one I've actually been asked very often look I suppose the biggest trick for me as a practitioner is you you've really got to try and connect to where someone is and so you know quite often people can come out of a session feeling like haven't been listened to haven't been heard and when you're dealing with things like say you know, chronic pain, when you're dealing with extreme fatigue, symptoms that are really distressing, say, you know, menopausal symptoms, hot flushes, things like insomnia, they can be incredibly distressing. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that because quite often you find that a lot of these disease states are actually not visible. And so you can be walking around in the world and everyone does what they do and they try to put on a brave face and say, oh, no, I'm fine. And there's so many things that happen within our society that most people aren't aware of. And quite often I end up with people on my table saying, I think there's, 
there must be something, you know, wrong with me compared to everyone else. And I always say, look, if I was legally allowed to have a video and show you the video of the last six people that came through the door, you'd find that what you're going through right now, whilst it might be distressing, it's not abnormal. And that what you're going through is completely legitimate. It's it's reasonable. What your emotional experience, the stress associated with whatever it is that you've got, is completely real and and can't be underestimated. That must be so healing for people, just in and of itself. I reckon. I think it's one of the great aspects of what we do as Chinese medicine practitioners is we generally tend to spend a bit more time with people as opposed to say um, and and no disrespect to I, I want to say from the outset to a GP where you've maybe got eight minutes and they don't have yeah. the time to be able to go through, well, what's going on in your life? You know, mm-hmm. you're having trouble with your relationship, your kids are driving you nuts, <laughs> you know, work's really stressful mm-hmm. and you, you don't have that opportunity. And so I, I really love, I think, that you know, the beauty of, of, of these sessions for me is to really, you know, talk to people about where, that, where they're at and just connect to, it, connect to that and also be able to, you know, help them to understand that it's what they're going through is is real and it's not, you know, just in their head. I think just hearing people in and of itself is very healing. You know, Grant was saying that he checks out the Chicha app and works out possibly when his wife might have days where she's challenged or, you know, there's going to be some sort of conflict and he really tries to be mindful around not trying to be the fixer all the time and just being there to hear her and letting her know that he's there for her. I think there's a real sort of lack of that in today's society. You know, often when you ring a friend or, you know, when you've got those challenges, you don't want them to fix it. But people come from that sort of space, whereas you just want someone to hold space for you and to acknowledge it. And listen. listen. You know, you're a very good listener, Jeff. Mm. I must say, I I think that's your bedside manner is just fabulous. And it's really nice to be able to go in there. And and there's never any judgment or anything. You're just always fun and, and you actually do hold that space. And it's quite interesting that you have chosen a career that's so in line with your flow in your chart what do you see in jeff's chart so that he's, the first that? half of his life is there an end point no <laughs> if, I, can, I can probably I, you know it's interesting because you you know you've got the heaven energy which is your destiny chart you know the four pillars of chart your butts are then you've got your earth luck which is your feng shui where you reside and then the other thing is your free will Okay, and that's ultimately how you choose to live your life, those lifestyle influences. And you see a lot of those things in your practice. So some people are born with certain predispositions, but how they live their life is actually going to affect that. So we can see in a chart, and I'm sure you would know this because you know all about the five elements, that there are certain energies that perhaps may play out and affect somebody at certain times in their lives in a negative or have a negative impact on their health. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, look, I think talking about the five elements particularly, it's, you know, it's a classic sort of fundamental aspect of, of Chinese medicine. There's the, you know, the, the fire, the earth, the metal, the water, the wood. And it's about those being in synergy and in balance. And what we know, I suppose, is that life is never completely in balance. And so whether it be, you know, in someone's physical body right now or whether it be on a timeline of their life, you know, those elements will will play different roles. And so it's just really a matter, I suppose, of identifying, 
you know, where there's perhaps some stuckness or where there's perhaps some weakness, where there's, uh, we talk about the idea in the five elements of the, the cur or the controlling cycle, where if one element's too strong and other element's too weak, it tends to aggress on the weaker element. And so you can end up with different mm. pathologies. And it's just really about identifying some of those things in the course of treatment and also being able to provide people with not just treatment, but I'm, I'm, I'm a really big fan of lifestyle advice and, and helping people to navigate the difficulties that may be potentially contributing to their pathological or, or lack of balance. So I've, I find that's probably one of, one of my favourite aspects of it because it's really teaching people how they can help themselves essentially. Download your personalised lifestyle planning app today from the App Store and go with your Chi Flow. Chi Chart, the personalised lifestyle planning app. Jeff, what are the main things that you see in your practice and do you see yourself as giving some advice sort of over and over to people, you know, in today's world? And, you know, what is like the generalist advice that you see for people in regards to their health and well-being that they're sort of not following the path correctly, so to speak? Thanks, Mel. It's, it can be something as simple as someone comes in and they've got a sore lower back. It can be as chronic as someone having uh, an autoimmune disease like Crohn's or, or asthma or diabetes or something like that. I think the lifestyle advice is really key because we know with acupuncture, we know with Chinese medicine that, you know, it's very powerful in being able to assist the body to self-correct. So I, I consider that what we do is essentially tapping into the body's own, you know, uh, regulatory mechanism. So there's two systems that regulate the entire body. One is your nervous system and the other is the endocrine system, which is your hormones. And we know very clearly now through a lot of different research that acupuncture and herbal medicine can affect those two systems and so what we're really looking at is is trying to get the body to Mm self-regulate normally when we're dealing with a a situation of lack of balance or in scientific terms it's called lack of homeostasis we're looking at the idea of being able to try and get the body to bring that back into check and the body's very good at that but if it's under too much stress and stress can be physical force stress can be emotional stress stress can be environmental pollutants posture all those sorts of things and also trauma like you actually mentioned something to me i think it was in one of our first sessions we were talking about trauma and how the impact of you know childhood trauma or you know even when you look at epigenetics the trauma you know family ancestral trauma can actually impact us Mm. as well Absolutely. Well, if you look at someone who is abusive by nature, nine times out of 10, you'll find that somewhere down the track in their life, they've been abused. And so their way of actually dealing with that is to take control. And that taking control Uh... ends up being pathological. And so you you will find that, as you say, that intergenerational Mm. trauma can be a part of it. But also Mm. you, you have the physiological changes. We know that children that have um, suffered, you know, at an early age, whether it be physical, emotional, sexual abuse, will quite often have a maldevelopment of their hypothalamus, which is a, com- mm. a huge component of the central nervous system. And so these things can have this kind of flow on effect. And whilst, you know, as a Chinese medicine practitioner, I'm certainly not a counsellor or a psychologist, there is an important point of being able to raise those issues that, that could potentially be contributing factors. And mm. I'm, a, I'm a great fan of referring out where 
you know, it's, mm. there's an issue that's outside of my skill set. And so yeah. I'm always referring to psychologists, counsellors, you know, all sorts of different people. Jeff, I've just finished reading The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer and I'm a yogi, um, myself a teacher and I used to have a studio and stuff. So I'm really interested in that sort of side of things. And in particular, what you talk about there in terms of people's would you call it, you know, a blocked energy in regards to obviously something traumatic has happened to someone which has created what some refer to as a samskara and then around that what's happened in regards to what, you, what you're talking about, them, you know, them being abusive, what they're sort of doing is protecting this samskara or blocked energy from actually encountering more pain rather than, you know, releasing the energy, so to speak, which would bring them back to parity. And is that what is regarded as, you know, something that you work towards or do you believe in that sort of stuff? That's a deep question there, Mel. Yeah, <laughs> very deep. <laughs> Look, I think you cannot underestimate the impact of any kind of trauma whether it's been hit by a car or whether it's been you know hit by your father Mm. I, I don't think you can ever underestimate the impact of that and I think that as children if you go through something that's traumatic or even even as an adult that maybe mm. is attacked or something like that you always find there's there's an an onflow of of trauma and, and not being able to cope and usually and, and I want to be clear here again I'm not a psychologist or a counselor so this is just you know based on my experience usually you'll find there's some mechanism that we use to try and avoid you know dealing with some of those things which allows like the protection mm. of the trauma so we'll to speak rather it. than yeah. the release so because you're scared that it's mm. just going to be too much to face but you know that's what michael says if if we manage to which i can't imagine but if you can release all of your samskara every single blocked energy that will allow you to take infinite energy from the universe no matter what age you are i think it's very well, i could use a lot of that yeah <laughs> Whereas some people can just exist in, you know, complete blocked energy and samskaras built up through their lifetime and therefore they they lack the ability to then take energy from the universe, which is all giving, but you're stopping it in yourself. Most people have some kind of issue that they, you know, don't cope with. I, I mean, there's, there's a classic comment that any practitioner I've ever spoken to always sees as an alarm bell when someone says, oh, I had a fantastic upbringing, you know, I'm a yeah, that's right. amazing. <laughs> that's what I say. <laughs> but we've all, we've, all, we've all had trauma. Yeah. At some, yeah. At some level and, and, we've, and we've experienced that. Not, yeah. And would it be fair to say that when someone's out of balance in areas of their life, whether it's one or multiple, that the traumas, that trauma in the background or they're more likely to be have trigger events where they might react and as, as opposed to being in control of the decisions that they might be wanting to make and they tend to become reactive rather than proactive mm. in, in their decision or their choices of their life. Is that the sort of stuff that you help people with? Mm. So I originally started out as a deep tissue massage therapist and the whole premise of that was essentially we have emotional trauma stored in the tissue and so it's a pretty it can be so this is the old school deep tissue a lot of people you know now will go and see a deep tissue massage therapist and it's not necessarily overly confronting or, oh. or um, emotional but old school deep tissue massage therapists you know will take you to a whole nother level and you know quite often you'd find people would have 
significant emotional releases and things like that. And wow. so I, I always talk about the idea that, well, this is my sort of thinking. There's, you can access the emotions from so many ways. You can access the emotions through going back to a traumatic state and, and revisiting that and trying to come to terms with that. You can access that by changing, you know, some of your behaviours, which then starts to create an improvement in, in the, the energy of the body, the balance of the body. And so then that naturally will start to allow that person to process some of that, that emotional stuff as well. But just going back to the, I suppose, the practicalities, I think of what you were sort of um, alluding to, I really find that, um, again, lifestyle advice is really important. I do a lot of work with people on diet. I think that is fundamental to anything that you can possibly do. If you can just get your diet on track, it's, it has such a huge impact on everything. But meditation is a really big facet for me as well. I like to, like to sort of introduce people to the concept of meditation and quite often people really don't understand, you know, that it's, it's just a process. You, you can't, they sort of think that they can't do it because they can't steal their mind. Oh, of course, yeah. And I think that's like a real Western way of thinking, you know, that I need to conquer the meditation and, you know, because my mind, my monkey mind is active, I have therefore failed at the meditation and that sort of thing. And I've encountered that like a lot as people who first come to yoga and I tell them, all you need to do is sit there for 50 breaths on the inhale, I breathe in on the exhale I breathe out and if you can use that as a mantra and you can observe your mind and just you know where it goes to and just bring it back to the breath it's really rather simple but and I think one of the reasons we struggle is because you know in eastern medicine um, they're very gentle on themselves around that sort of monkey mind that's what I've heard so to speak so yeah and is you that- can't measure the success I think that's the hardest thing let our chi guide you. Follow Chi Chart on Facebook and Instagram. What tip would you give someone like myself who's just got the voice just rolling and running and I keep trying to bring it back? How would you approach giving me support? I, I love this question. Don't say Valium, okay? <laughs> Xanax. <laughs> no opioids. <laughs> I did think of snaps, but... <laughs> we shouldn't laugh because lots of people do just pop a Valium, right? Like, but Jeff's true. got the answer. So, yeah. Jeff, I want to hear it. Well, I have an answer. <laughs> so, the thing that I, I remember, I've never been able to find this since, but I remember, I think it was probably about 30 years ago, there was a, there was a trial done on Buddhist monks where they plugged them in, checking their brainwaves to see what happens when they meditate. And these are people that have been meditating possibly, you know, almost the entirety of their life for for hours every day, so decades. And they found that these guys could only achieve the deep alpha wave state, which is classified as the meditative state, 40% of the time. So what that tells me straight out of the gates is these guys have been doing it for way longer than I have and way longer than you have. They're the Olympic gold medal dudes. Yeah. <laughs> so I always think of it in terms of don't try to aim for an outcome, just go through the process and see what, mm. see what happens. So for me, you know, people say I can't meditate, my mind keeps, you know, rolling around. Everyone's mind rolls around. I've been meditating for 20 years. My mind still rolls around. The trick is to not get caught up in that. The trick is to actually just go back to the, you know, to the practice. So for me, it's always breathing to the lower abdomen. I suggest to people if they find that that's not enough, that maybe they count the breaths and count to 50. Along the way, naturally, their mind is going to drift. That's completely normal. Don't get caught up about it. 
and they might find that they've drifted off and they don't remember what number they were up to. So just go back to the last number you recall. And so yes. sometimes giving some little bits of structure to for, for people that, you know, perhaps haven't done it before helps them to understand that this is just completely normal. And so I will give someone a meditation in, in uh, a treatment and I'll come back in and I'll go, how'd you go? And oh, I was terrible. Like I couldn't stop my mind, blah, blah, blah. And I said, so how many breasts did you get? And I'll say, oh, 30. And I go, well, you did better than you did like yesterday. So mm, this cool. is just a process and, and you'll never get to the end of it. Like perfection's an illusion. True. Well, it's like I'm true. a golfer and Jack Nicholas said once that he only hits one perfect shot around out of the 70-odd shots that he would hit. <laughs> and he's like and the he's same. Yeah. Like he's one of the pro. best of all time. Yeah, absolutely. You talked mm. about food being a huge one for you. Like what's your advice to people around food? There's a lot of talk out there that, you know, our soil's crap and everything's, you know, it's all got no nutrient value and all that sort of stuff. What do you, what do you think and what do you tell people to do? I think that at the end of the day these days, you know, we don't live in nature. We're not running around with clubs. Mm. Um, we're not feeding ourselves. We're not hunting animals. We're not picking food from the forest and that sort of stuff. And so, of course, there's definitely pollution in, in you know, our environment, in our foods, that sort of stuff. So the, the basic premise for me is fresh is best, as much fresh food as you can possibly eat um, that's not coming out of a packet, doesn't have any numbers on the packet. And if you can go organic, even better. And certainly here in Newcastle, there's a, a fantastic farmer's market. Mm-hmm. Of course. Okay. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah. Which we we always sort of head down to. And you basically, you know, the food, the organic food's cheap enough. It well, is. I find it's just on, on par with supermarket costs. So if, if money's an issue, then go to a local farmer's market. But yeah. I just, if I can, just, you know, on the same topic, just really explain the reason why digestion is so important. So essentially in Chinese medicine terms, the digestion is the earth element. Mm. And when you're looking at the five elements, two main theories, one is five elements in a circle. And then the other one is the, you know, one that came before that, which is the earth element is actually in the middle. And so it's considered almost like the foundation or keystone in some Mm. respects. Mm -hmm. And what, what we know with digestion, particularly with our Western diet, is a couple of things. One, if your digestion isn't functioning as well as it should do or as well as it could do, then we find that inflammation is increased because essentially the, the digestion is the birthplace of your immune response. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got a poorly functioning digestion, then you'll find your immune response is going to be magnified. Now, some studies suggest that that magnification can be up to 100 times. I'm not completely convinced on the wow. validity of those. But if it, was, if it was 10 times, if it was 20 times, it's still pretty significant. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at any disease state you can name, inflammation is always the thing that causes the problems. Mm. And so if you're looking at the idea of the digestion potentially having an impact on disease states, then by getting your digestion on, on track, num- you know, number one, it's going to improve that inflammatory load. And quite often, again, when the body's out of sync, it can't regulate itself properly. And so mm-hmm. when you've got the inflammatory pathways regulated properly, then quite often you'll find difficult chronic disease states can just wither away and go. I've known that with a man that had diabetes and he made it go away through diet and another guy who had Crohn's disease and got rid of it with diet. Mm -hmm. And the doctors in both scenarios had no retort, so to speak. They said, oh, I did all this for my diet. 
is that why I've, you know, gotten better? And they said, well. We don't know. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's a bit of a shame, that one, because it's, yeah. it's pretty fundamental. So, so the other thing, and I'm sorry to kind of go on about it, but the other thing associated with the digestion is 95% of your serotonin is produced by the gut. Wow. 70% of your dopamine is produced by the gut. And so Mm -hmm. Western science now very clearly identifies that there is a brain-gut connection. And so when your gut's not trucking right, then it will affect your mental health. And when your mental health isn't trucking right, then Mm -hmm. that will affect your gut. You end up with this cycle that just keeps compounding and getting worse. And so for me, it's fundamental. Like no one comes into my clinic without us at least having a conversation uh, about diet because it's so important to be able to identify foods that are potentially going to aggravate system, look at ways if those, if those clients decide, yeah, I want to have a crack at this, look at ways in which it's going to be manageable for them to be able to sustain the change that they need to make to be able to have a, have a long-term sort of outcome. And, and Chef will check up on them. He'll ask them what they had for breakfast. <laughs> 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 Text message, Jeff. <laughs> but but that's the way he's got to find that's out so whether good. they're actually doing the right thing. Because yeah. when Jeff, Jeff goes to check, say, my pulse or whatever, he wants to find out, you know, well, okay, last week, you know, it wasn't too bad. But this week, you know, what have you been doing? You're cooking dinner and Jeff just pops up out of the kitchen <laughs> with like looking so, um, I can't tell you how many people say, I was about to eat this and I heard your voice over my shoulder and I'm like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, no. That's so good. I've got enough voices. Jeff, <laughs> I know that we had a little chat earlier and it was something you wanted to discuss was tri needling versus Ooh. acupuncture, which is really interesting. My and I, and I want to go there, but I just quickly want to say that just going back to your chart, and you and you would know this, you're a Yang wood tiger. On your day pillar. You know this, right? I didn't know that. I know I'm a metal pig. I love it when Lisa goes, you know. (laughs) I would think that Jeff would actually know this. Anyway, so you have, you're actually the first half of your life, okay, you had a dominant metal flow, right? So that made you perfectly suited and I wasn't surprised. Like when I went to see you the first time and and I I think it was the second time actually, I said, you know, I'd really like you to come on our podcast. And I said, oh, you know, could I have your date of birth? And I just knew before I went away that you'd have to have like a strong wood element in your chart. So why did you know that you'd have to have wood? Because he was drawn to that profession and 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 i think you mentioned that you did landscaping before in your Mm. earlier life and and i just thought wow the wood element is there really um, prevalent because wood is about healing and wood's actually also very benevolent you know and and jeff you are you're very kind so you've got you know those qualities that i just sort of thought you know i I think you've got a wood flow. What else can you tell about a wood flow? Well, wood people, I mean, you can go right into tastes. You can go into, like, if you're a yang wood, for instance, they liken yang wood to the big tall tree, you know. So sometimes, you know, it's also the head. So you might find a less evolved 
Gangwood person may struggle perhaps with mental health sometimes oh, okay. um, or communicating how they're really feeling and mm. letting that sort of out. I don't know, Jeff, you might completely disagree with Is me. Is that because they take on a lot from other people because you were saying that they like to heal and stuff like that and you need to create well, awareness around that? I really don't that? know, yeah. but the, the wood element is very, like the yang wood element is the big tall tree and so the yin wood is more the, the grasses or the plant that will go with the flow or with the wind. So the the yang wood tree, there's there's a real resolve, but it's also very kind. It offers protection and shade. Have you ever and found that, Jeff? There's been times where you've struggled or it's been pretty smooth sailing? Oh, no, it's never been smooth sailing. <laughs> <laughs> and what's brought you back to parody? Is that why you're so attracted to your profession? I think, you know, that being a practitioner, you get to have these conversations with people yeah. that help you to recognize the fallibility of being human the weaknesses that we have the strengths that we have and again like i was saying before if i had a video and could show everyone that video they would realize that they're actually quite normal and i think you know for me i get to have those conversations every day and there's also that teacher sorry you've reminded me yeah. of that too because wood is also about education okay and and you are a great educator and a teacher Thank you. Yeah, look, and I, and I think I learn a lot too from from those conversations that you have with people about sort of different perspectives on life and, and, and health and approaches to health and that sort of stuff. So, you know, I, I was talking to a colleague of mine just this morning about this concept of imposter syndrome. Um, she was doing some presenting and she was really struggling with that idea. And I've, I've done a lot of presenting in the past and we were talking about that struggle about when when are you enough to be able to stand up in front of a crowd of people and say what you think or or talk about your experience and you know i think that that's part of the process is you know we all have innate experience innate knowledge and we all have the capacity to share that with each other and so this idea of you know, being a teacher is you're always learning as well. Absolutely. Mm. My first career was a stand-up comedian and I was actually quite shy as a child, but someone told me the, the old fake it till you make it and uh, it <laughs> stood me in good stead. <laughs> and you were good at it. <laughs> yeah, well, it took me years to be good at it. It's just an acquired skill. But, Jeff, is there anything in regards to, like, your future that you're interested into delving into Um in in your in your chi chart is it do, well, do you have any chart, queries his, his second half you've got yeah. a completely different flow Jeff. oh well it's not completely different it's actually support. <laughs> he's going to become a hedge fund manager well, <laughs> <laughs> um no you've, you've still you know you've got that wood on your month so wood's important you know it However, you actually change more into an output flow. So fire, you follow fire. So what does that mean, Lisa? Yeah. Um, fire, gee, Jeff could become a rock star. Oh. Entertainment, you might be into that sort of space, you know, where Maybe you might be doing Maybe you were meant to meet podcasts. me and start a podcast. Yes, you might be, you know, really talking about how people can actually heal and get well. That could be something. So, yeah, really the fire element is about... I guess shining but it's also for you the output element which means you're not going to be retiring anytime <laughs> and I won't go too much more I'll, I'll share this with you when I'm when I see you next week no come um, on no, 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 no. because I want to hear about the the dry needling versus the acupuncture I heard a little well, that's something all right. we can hear a, a bit about that ago. and then you've got to give us the goss um, <laughs> 
we want the so, dirt on Jeff. Give us the dust down and then we'll go back to the dry murder. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, Jeff, I was going to ask you, yeah. between the ages of 42 and 47, you had a full wood combination, right? So it's just you've just turned 50 or recently. So you had a full wood combination, like a three harmony. You had the rabbit and you had the goat. And you have the pig, okay? So that really made you super dominant. And, and I'm just wondering how there was also a configuration that we call dramas, okay? So I just wondered, was that it can manifest some really good dramas like major success with something or it can manifest in it still was a really good period but it might have just, you know, I don't know, been a bit crazy, I was really busy, you know, through that sort of, through that patch. I'd worked in Brisbane for a long time. Uh, we went travelling for five months, ended up living in Darwin for three and a half years. Wow. Um, wow. And I was also running a training business, trying to trying to help uh, practitioners to learn how to navigate the business aspects of running. So you did, Teaching, teaching, the wood. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was doing heaps. I was like national conferences, seminars, all sorts of different stuff. So I was pretty pretty active in the industry. I was on one of the Mm. national boards for a while. Um, So, yeah, it was pretty, to be honest. Dominant. It was a little little over the top. It was a little crazy. Okay, so Mm. that makes perfect sense. And then... Um, you've kind of gone into a 47 to 52-ish before you get a repeat of your house of spouse. You've got your third favourite or favourable element, okay, because I figure that you've gone into the fire side of things now when you turn 50 following output. But that can always change. You can always be thrown back into the dominant. You'll sort of have two flows but they're quite nicely balanced, actually. But you have the yang metal there as well. And that yang metal actually represents the power element, the power element for a man. You God, we're hearing so is, much about this. Is um, Jeff your is children. the new world leader. <laughs> so children, maybe a focus or, yeah, just that power element also gets, I guess, taken away by the rival element on your month you've got the yin wood goat on your month pillar so there's a stem combination with yang metal and yin wood and that can actually represent your father as the month pillar actually represents your parents and it represents your career and it also represents your health should we read jeff's day jeff i might just take a little snapshot and i won't read the whole thing because i won't bore you to tears it's awesome never say you're boring we love it we love the chi jeff might find (laughs) me a little boring your day pillar is actually known as a dictator pillar not that you come across that way the cat might say that and the lone wolf which means you're fairly autonomous so those people that you do have in your life are those people that you choose very carefully. Oh, I like that second paragraph there, or third paragraph there. Lisa, do you want to read that? Well, I was going to read this second one first. It's start there. The world God, they're like a married couple. <laughs> <laughs> I call him the second husband. I'm the third wheel. <laughs> Go on. The world opens up like spring after winter refers to the person protecting and assisting others. Oh, those who are born on this day will impress others with their professional career and conduct. They are role models. Mm. Others are grateful to them for their help. I am. In favourable periods, 
<laughs> they have to leave their home in order to succeed. They are intelligent, quick-witted, and can have a broad range of interests. Interacting well with others, they have multiple properties and establishments enjoying success in business. Now, this was taken from my teacher, Dr. Jin Pei, who wrote a book about 60 different personalities, and it was from a Chinese book that was, so that he actually translated and we helped him edit. But, I didn't read you any of the that. bad stuff. What about dry needling? <laughs> yeah, is that lovely? Dry needling. <laughs> my yeah. mum's always off to get dry needling. Well, Tell we, us, this is really do you go for it or not? Well, this is what I want to hear. So dry needling was essentially a term that was developed by a lady called Janet Travell in the 40s. And the technique used back, back then was using a hypodermic syringe, not having any fluid, you know, injected into a site, but actually putting a needle into an area where, no, there's uh, essentially neuromuscular junctions, so basically where the nerve attaches to the muscle and fires the muscle and stimulating that so it gets what, what's called a twitch response. Now, there's a bit of a misnomer around this because a lot of the sort of idea of dry needling is that it's, it's, it's not acupuncture, it's scientific. And essentially, it's the same thing. So when you look at dry needling now, they don't use the hypodermics anymore. They use acupuncture needles like, like we do. And Essentially, you're looking for what's called a twitch response. And so you, you put the needle in, you stimulate it to the point where you get a bit of a jump in the muscle. And it, it works, it's effective, um, it's, you know, it's a really sort of useful tool. But the earliest known text, the Yellow Emperor's Classic, 2,500 years ago, details exactly the same technique. It's basically called needling an arsher point. So you're needling a sore spot where there's a tight tightness and you're looking for what they call the fish bite response. So as, you, as you're stimulating the needle, you get what feels like a fish bite on a, on a fishing line. Mm. So essentially, it's not new. It's been around for 2,500 years. Essentially, it's just been renamed. And I, I think that there's, I suppose, I, I mean, I don't, I don't actually have a problem with it being used, but a, a lot of practitioners in my industry really do have a problem because it's essentially what we do. It's been named as something else. You can do it in a 16-hour course, whereas mm. our training is, is essentially these days the average ac acupuncturist will have over 800 hours wow. of needling, needling training. And so there's also this sort of misnomer, I suppose, around acupuncture being non-scientific. And you're looking at this idea of a very ancient text that has been translated into a more modern Chinese dialect that was then translated by a French merchant banker into French and then translated into English. And so these days, even within the Chinese medicine industry, there's a lot of argument about whether the concept of qi being a, is actually a mythical energy or it's just neurotransmission. Because we know when we put an acupuncture needle into the skin, different parts of the brain will light up. And so essentially you're getting a neural response and so one of the arguments is that she is essentially just neurotransmission and so I, f I find that a really interesting sort of concept because it actually starts to bring the, the principles and the ideas of, of Chinese medicine into a, a more western kind of context and actually it, it runs on par and it, it shows it's very effective 
But also what you're looking at, if, if we just go back to dry needling, I don't actually use it because I don't find it's anywhere near as effective as what we call distal needling. So if you've got a sore area, say you've got a frozen shoulder and you want to do dry needling around that shoulder, that shoulder's already inflamed. And so you're putting needles in, you're stimulating an area mm. um, that's already inflamed and aggravated. Mm. And I just don't find, I don't find that's a particularly good idea. So we know that we can use other parts of the body. So I can use to treat the shoulder, I can use the, the lower leg, I can use the hands, I can use the head. So how does that treat the shoulder? So, so what you're looking at with meridians, if you, if you break them down, the, the meridians are acupuncture channels, you're looking at neural pathways. So all the acupuncture meridians run in a similar pathway to what you know, Western medicine has identified as the nerves. But within the neural system, there's also now, oh, there was a, new organ discovered in 2018 called the interstitium which they found that it's the fluid that lies between the tissues and they found that there's immuno benefits to, to those sorts of regions there's neurotransmission and so we're yeah. starting to realize now that neurotransmission is not just along a nerve pathway it's right through the whole, whole body mm. and so these traditional ideas of this nerve treats this particular problem just goes straight out the window well it's all interconnected isn't it so jeff if somebody had the sore shoulder for instance i mean obviously there'll be more than just one needle which areas perhaps would you be because Grant was sort of thinking, okay, well, if you're not going to be putting just the down the inside in the needle, of a shoulder where? blade here, <laughs> you, you need to go and see it? Jeff. Yeah. Don't take free advice. You need to find out he's going to drill I'll into your going. diet. So just a loose example of where, say, the left shoulder might relate to, say, the right foot or the big oh, toe or okay. whatever, because it runs along a certain line. Based on time frame, every question you ask me, you're going to regret. Oh. <laughs> um, it's, no, it's it's. It's, it's too complicated. I, it's, That's it's okay. No, it's not yeah. that it's too complicated. Yeah. So if you're looking at the shoulder, first of all, in a, just a purely uh, physiological sense, quite often the shoulder is problematic because the pectoral muscles are too tight. Yeah. And so what I would do is I would palpate that shoulder and find where the tight spots are. And if that pectoral muscle is too tight, then I generally tend to go for a tendon that's down on the foot. Mm-hmm. And that right. tendon, nine times out of ten, will release that pectoral muscle. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. So that's wow. you've, you've answered the oh question. Oh my god! I'm going to go Thank see you. Jeff. Yeah. You need to release every one so of my that's muscles. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! After COVID, I'm hamstrings are like. Well, you don't. I'm like no, a tin man. No, it's like so short. Absolutely. <laughs> if you can get in, I highly recommend him. You can. Jeff, thank you so much for joining Chi Chat. We've really had the best time. Thank you very much for joining us and giving up your time. Thanks for the advice. If you need to just explain a bit more about Chinese medicine, I love it. Where can we find you, Jeff? So my practice name is EvolvedNaturalMedicine.com.au is the website. You can find us in Waratah in Newcastle. Do you do Zoom appointments for people overseas and stuff like that? Generally not because I'm a pretty pretty hands-on sort of treatment. I tend to you know work a lot more with the hands-on side of things, so it's a little bit difficult over, over the internet. Through COVID, we did a few things with herbs and that sort of stuff, but it's a little bit tough. Okay, cool. Well, if you want to meet Jeff, you just need to fly to Newcastle. It's pretty simple. <laughs> Thanks for joining Chi Chat by Chi Chat. Like us? Give us a five-star energy rating wherever you listen. Chi Chat by Chi Chat.